Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast. This is Season 4. Thank you all so much for downloading the podcast today. Wherever you are right now in the world listening, my name is Robbie Cox. A brand new podcast show will be premiering Wednesday, October 6th called the Shannon Rollison Podcast. And this one's for all the coaches out there. And the star of the podcast is none other than the Olympic and World Championship winning coach himself, Mr. Reverse Periodization, Shannon Rollison. Each week, Shannon and I will go through a subject of choice and he'll give us his stories and insights behind some of Australian sporting folklore, starting with episode number one, the 2004 Athens Olympics. It's a swimming podcast like no other out there, and I cannot wait for you all to wrap your ears around it when it premieres on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Wednesday, the 6th of October. Take your ball. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Today on the podcast is one of Swimming Australia's brightest young stars of the pool. He was selected this year to be on the Junior Australian team and after a hugely successful age champs this year on the Gold Coast representing his club of St. Peter's Western, it's not hard to see why it's a very big welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast to Mr. Robert Thorpe. Rob, how are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm very Thanks good. Thanks for having me on here. No, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. It's actually um, it's odd saying Robert because that's my name, obviously. I, everyone knows me as Robbie, but on my birth certificate as Robert, and I do get called that if I'm in trouble. So do, is, do you catch the whole Robert from your parents if you're in trouble? Well, actually, a fun fact is I'm actually Rob the Ninth of oh. my family. So I'm actually, yeah, the Ninth Rob of my family. And so, so I get called Robbie, yep. James, yeah, and then... As you go up the family tree, you get Robert and then Bob. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait till I'm about 50 or 60 and I'll just be Bob. Like I'll be old Bob on the side of the pool coaching. Can someone get Bob yeah. a, a coffee? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. I'm going to embrace it. Um, <laughs> how have you been up there anyway? I know there's been a fair yeah. bit of racing going on at the moment. Uh, we had state teams uh, for you guys, which wasn't the normal state teams, but it was Queensland versus Queensland versus Queensland. I think you had three different teams going head-to-head up there. You also had not long ago Queensland short course champ. So a fair bit of racing. How have you been? Yeah, it's been really good getting some racing done under the belt, especially after like a few of the meets got cancelled due to that COVID outbreak here in Queensland. And I guess we're just really fortunate to get to race. And that's sort of like a big thing, like seeing what you, your training's doing mm. and like seeing that progress and that gives you that extra motivation to keep training harder. And with the long course meets coming up, it'll be good to – it's a good point over these short course meets. 
Yeah, well, I've seen a fair few, obviously, great young, talented swimmers being a part of the, the Queensland State Teams event that you just did. Uh, how much did you enjoy, as I said, being a part of that, coming, you know, going head-to-head -head with, with some of the people you normally, you know, race, but also some people you might not. Also, you're in now teams, different teams, so you have teammates that, you, you know, you know, but you don't normally, they're not normally in your team. Did you have a bit of fun with that? Yeah, so, yeah, the meet was really fun. I mean, it was my first ever Queensland team that I've ever made, so that was really fun, getting to know everyone that's been on the team before and new people on the team as well. And then getting to race against some of the best in the state, some of the best in the country was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I saw one of the photos you put up and Maddie Mag was in it and Jamie Bayless and a few of these young guys that I, I know of because I used to be at Albany Creek where yeah. they trained before and great kids and, um, you know, I'm assume, assuming the – Great banter as well around pool deck. So it would have been a lot of fun as well oh, as obviously, uh, yeah, some great racing. Um, I mentioned we had uh, Queensland State short course not that long ago. I saw you did pretty well. How did you find that meet and what did you take away from it? Oh, well, that meet was like, I didn't really come in with much expectation, you know, because we'd just come back from that little bit of a break from COVID that happened. And so we're in a bit of like a big gym block and so, just trying to see, get a bit of speed done. So it was good to get some of the shorter distances. I didn't race my main event at 1500 there, just to focus on some of like the hundreds, 200s, 400s, getting some speed under my belt for the season to come. And yeah, it was re really good fun, good hit out. Yeah, well, it looks like you did pretty well, mate. So I can can only assume it would have been a bit of fun. And obviously, as you said, if you're coming down from the 15, everything's going to be a bit of fun when you're coming down from the 15. So I can only imagine oh, yeah. you enjoyed it. Now, mate, I've got to address the elephant in the room. Now, I'm a New South Wales boy. I know you're a New South Wales boy. How did you come to train at St. Peter's, one of the best training programs in the world? So I don't blame you for it. But you're racing now for Queensland, as we said, but you're from New South Wales. How did that come about? Well, I guess during the um, during the big lockdown in, for, for COVID in twenty twenty, I just kind of looked at my situation and just tried to look at what was best for me and sort of like in a training sense. And like I looked at all the clubs around Australia, and I looked at St Peter's, and a lot of my values aligned with the club, like hardworking and stuff like that. And they also have like the squad members that I uh, aspire to be. Mm. And so joining that club, joining St. Peter's, it was a big move for me, but I'm super happy that I made it. And especially the boarding part of it, because I moved up as a boarder for six months, which was a big part of the decision I had to make. And yeah, I was pretty happy I made the decision. Yeah, well, I'm sad, obviously, as a New South Wales coach and as a New South Welshman myself, you were one of, yeah. uh, you know, our brightest young stars coming through, mate. But so selfishly, I, I was like, oh, man, not another one. But obviously, you know, as I said, you've got to look out for yourself, mate, in your own career. And you have 100%, as I said, I didn't say the best training program in Australia. I made mention it was the best training program in the world and i truly believe that so yeah. i don't think it was a silly decision at all obviously it's a big decision though you're only a young fella how did that come about with the family was everyone on board did it take a while to sort of you know really nut that out and go okay well this is the plan and this is how we're going to do it yeah it really did like there were cons like the conspiracies like a few few months before but i didn't think anything about it but it really started to happen during covid when i was like all right, this could actually happen. Mm. And it took it took mum and dad a fair bit to get around 
like that, especially that boarding part, the sense that I wasn't going to be at home and that I probably, and as it turned out, I wasn't going to return home. I didn't see them for six months. So really that part was the big part to get my head around of not, not really the training part. It was more leaving away from home and stuff like that. How did you go out on your own for the first time? Obviously, you've got people looking out for you as well and helping you while you're boarding, yeah. but definitely a big change yeah. from, Mom, what are we having for dinner? So how did you go with that sort of change? Yeah. <laughs> well, for the first the first few weeks, it took a bit of getting used to, but mm. after that, you sort of get into your own rhythm, and especially when you live on site and you live right next to the pool, it just it even elevated my training, I'd say that I could, I could stay at the pool longer. I could have that extra little bit of sleep in so I could get that extra five, 10 minutes of sleep. And then being able at nighttime just to stay at the pool longer, have a stretch, do extra training and get my, my dinner was right next to the pool. So I just grabbed that, head back to boarding and basically have a shower and go to bed straight away. So it was very convenient, I'd say. Yeah, and I think everybody- Helped elevate training. Yeah, 100%, mate. I think everybody listening to that, you know, can't blame you for making that switch. They're all sitting there going, oh, mate, how good's that? And they're looking at their own, especially people here in New South Wales, mate, as you know, we're, we're still in lockdown and not yeah. being able to get to the pool, um, you know, which I know you're not rubbing our nose in it, but it, I do get quite jealous when I hear that. So, uh, mate, yeah. no one can blame you for, for making that switch uh, for sure. Um, mate, talk to me about, Obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, the ASL is going to start next year. It's the Australian Swimming League. We obviously have the ISL uh, happening right now, but there is going to be an Australian Swim League. Does does that excite you? Is that something you want to be a part of as you uh, progress? Yeah, that does excite me, knowing that that's going to become more domestic and local. And I'm just intrigued to see what the distances of the races will be because I don't know if I'd be able to come down to the 100, 200 for a lot for like a lot of that racing because mm. that'd be a lot of different training. So that'd be the only problem for me having the ASL was that I wouldn't be able to race the distances. But yeah, that's really exciting knowing that there's going to be concurrent racing throughout the whole year. So that'll be really fun. Mm. Mate, the other uh, elephant in the room, it's not really for me, but I know a lot of people that clicked on this podcast seeing Robert Thorpe was on. And that they don't really know swimming too well, other than Ian Thorpe. They're going to say, "Is he related?" No, I'm not related. I get that a lot. I sometimes play with him at school with my teachers, but no, I'm not related. <laughs> well, as I say, I knew the answer, but I, I do know for the uninitiated and those who you know have clicked on this to go, "Oh, Robert Thorpe. I don't know that guy, but I want to hear this story." Um, they're going to go in thinking, "I wonder if he's related." So I thought I'm going to bring it up anyway. But uh, yes, no. I. How often <laughs> do you get that, and especially when you were training here? In, in New South Wales, did you get that quite a bit? I did get that quite a bit, especially meeting like new people and they'd hear, oh, Robert Thorpe, oh, you're related. <laughs> and you'd have to come to terms and tell them, oh, nah, I'm actually not. Mm. But yeah, do get that. Oh, mate, it's not a bad last well, name to have, that's for sure, especially swimming here in Australia. Um, related or not, I think it's, it's still going to get you a little bit of people are still going to turn their heads at first thought of like, Robert Thorpe, oh. Yeah. you're going to get noticed. So it's not a bad one to have, that's for sure. Now, mate, one thing I like to do, and you would know this because you're an avid listener of Off The Blocks, I like to take people back to the beginnings, which wasn't that far away for you, to be honest, because you're still a young pup yourself. But what are your earliest memories um, yeah. of, of swimming when you were a youngster and, and what drew you towards the pool? 
Well, so actually, so I was born in Sydney and I actually, we moved to Singapore. So we moved to Singapore when I was about three years old. And then because Singapore was across the equator, it's a really hot country. Mm-hmm. And so that's what sort of drew my family towards the pool was that it was really hot and we wanted to cool down. So I started getting learned to swim lessons to really cool off when I was younger. And it sort of just picked up from there. And I swam with the club that I did learn to swim with in Singapore for, I think it was seven years until I was about 10 years old before coming back to Australia. Yeah, nice. And what were you over there for? Was it mum or dad's work or? Yeah, dad, dad's work. Dad's work. Drives back to Singapore, yeah. Yeah, nice. Did you get amongst any other sports or do you still? I mean, you're still only young. Do you get amongst any other sports outside of swimming? Yeah, so when I was younger, I, I played a lot of rugby, rugby union. So I played rugby union until until about under 14, I think it was, about when that was my final year. I sort of like, I had this turning moment where I had to make a decision where in pre-season I like popped pop my shoulder and I was like, I've got to choose between swimming or rugby because, you know, injury-wise, and that's where it just took off. I chose swimming and that's... Yeah, that's that's where it started. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, especially with that sport, you know, things getting trod on and bloody hell, you've got to be really <laughs> committed and get stuck into it one way uh, or the other. What about heroes yeah. growing up? Was there any swimmers you looked up to, idolised? And please say Ian Thorpe because that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I did definitely idolise Ian Thorpe <laughs> especially. And, like, other swimmers, like, Michael Phelps, I've definitely idolised, and and a bit, I think a bit out of the blue, some idols that I have that probably aren't on everyone's idol list is um, some of these ultra marathon running guys, and these guys that push the brains to the limits and their bodies to the limits and stuff like that. Like I idolise uh, David Goggins mm-hmm. and what he's done through his ultra marathon running, and also I look at people like Wim Hof and how he's developed like the that there are no limits to the brain and what the body can do and i sort of use that as like my fundamentals and help that push me through training and show me that anything is possible yeah awesome i'm glad you brought that up that's quite often something i speak to my swimmers about when you're talking about sort of pain thresholds and and what you're able to push yourself through and that the the you know the mind will overtake the body and i guess those sort of scenarios that you painted there are perfect examples isn't it you watch the guys at the end of the marathon where you know their body's giving up on them they're crumbling they're falling down you can see their legs are going all wobbly and you know you feel you know really sorry for them when you're watching on tv don't you like oh this poor bastard just want to go help him but his brain is so like determined that he's not going to give up that he just keeps going and i think you know you hit the nail on the head that's a perfect example of uh you know the brain being able to overpower the body yeah, definitely. Yeah, like when you hear stories about guys that run marathons on broken legs and have to just tape their legs up together, it just keeps you pushing and it's like you're not in a, as bad a spot as them. Like your body's still intact and you can keep going. 100%. I mean, to take it back to swimming, you just go back to, you know, Grant Hackett in the 1500 um, at the Olympics, you know, a collapsed lung, 
and and still was able to get out and uh, get a gold medal and and you know that's unbelievable to look back that's on it. I don't even think he realised at the time how how sick he was. But you know, in the coming yeah. days when they worked it out, everyone was like, "God damn, how'd you how'd you manage to pull that one off?" So, uh, absolutely, mate. What part of swimming do do you enjoy the most? Um, I'm always fascinated by this because it's always different for everyone. Some people just love being around their teammates. Some people love competing. Some people just love training. What What is the most enjoyable part for you? Well, I'd say the most enjoyable part for me probably is the training. Like I love just pushing myself and seeing how far my body can take me and just like just being in the water and just keeping on going. That's why I just fell in love with distance racing, just pushing myself and seeing how far I can go. And yeah, just that, that side of training I really love and enjoy. Well, no doubt you're a crazy bastard if you you know you're keen for a fifteen hundred and you get excited for those sessions because uh, they are not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm you know a coach who's come up with them, so I know how hard they can be for all the younger listeners out there around your age that might be struggling at times in training. What sort of tips can you give them in terms of how how do you stay motivated? through training in those big sessions might be a 3100s or something like that where it's one on one off or might be all at 1500 pace i'm not sure but no doubt there are times in that set where you're thinking about oh man i'm i'm buggered and the coach is going come on you've got more in you where do you go in your head is it a matter of uh you know just one step at a time so okay i've got one more step to make do you think of your goals in terms of you know things you've set aside into maybe nationals maybe state and that keeps you motivated or are you as simple as some people are and i don't want to make it sound bad by saying simple so i could choose my words differently but in terms of like you're going to race the person next to you and that helps motivate you because you do it that way well i'd definitely say a mix of all three like definitely in a set like you said like the 31s or just a repetitive set it's just taking stuff just one one step at a time and breaking stuff down into small parts that really help you just like focus on what you're doing and then also like just remembering what goals you've set and how you're going to feel once you've achieved those goals like like that feeling once you've achieved that and that really drives you to like keep pushing keep pushing for that goal and just know that all this is going to turn into something later on down the track and then also yeah just getting up and racing that person beside you which i think especially in the club St. Peter's, like mm. the amount of people we have that are pushing for great things is really incredible. And then like knowing you're surrounding yourself with all those people with the same goals and that competitive drive just in training, you just push each other to limit, which is really good. Yeah, I could only imagine, especially at the back end of a set like that, I can only imagine how beneficial it would be to have someone right next to you who's around your time, maybe even quicker. That'd be perfect, wouldn't it? Because you know they're going to drag you into it. So uh, it's a a tremendous environment. We're going to get into a little bit after that sort of St. Peter's culture and and what you've learned since you've been up there. Just one other question I wanted to ask, mate, in terms of struggles that you've been through, and no doubt – you're still only a young fella, so you've still got things that you are continuing to struggle through. What, what, are there anything in specific that you, you know, you've struggled? It might be nerves before a race, might be executing a race plan. Um, is there anything that you've sort of had to try and overcome or you might still be overcoming? Uh, one thing I'd say that I am overcoming as such is like just translating my training into racing. I say that's 
been a little bit of a struggle for me. Like, as I said, I enjoy training a lot and just racing. Sometimes I become really over nervous and just, I just have to keep cueing myself to go into autopilot because that's when, you know, racing is at best when you don't think about it and it just happens automatically. And so, yeah, just translating that racing into training. No, sorry, that, yeah, that training into racing is really something that I've got to work on and will be something that I will be working on for a while. Well, that light switch that you've obviously tried to turn on here, it, it doesn't happen by yourself. But how does that come about? Who are you learning from in terms of autopilot or just staying focused on the, you know, the process rather than the outcome? Who's helped you most with that? Oh, definitely, like a lot of the coaches that I've had over the years have really helped me push that on. And I think something that's changed, especially as I've matured as a swimmer is in my younger years, I used to listen to like a lot of music, pump up music before my races. But now as I've matured, I've sort of like turned that back and started listening to like relaxing music stuff that just chills my mind and takes my mind off the race. And some races I even go in reading a book in the marshalling area, just some um, mind's just not thinking about the race until it's happening and that's when I feel most comfortable. And so, yeah, just that autopilot switch is something I've got to really think about. Yeah, nice. That's that's awesome. Um, and for all the listeners out there, it's perfect advice because everybody is different, isn't it? Like, you know, those pump-up songs yeah. that you were listening to before, they, you know, they could work for, for many other athletes. Um, but for you, you've worked out that you need to sort of dial it down and you can't be too sort of aroused before your race because you've got to keep your levels at a certain um, place. So that's perfect advice for all the younger listeners out there, as I said. Um, you know, there's many ways to skin a cat, as they say. So keep pushing and, and work what, yeah. you know, works best for you. And, and you found that. I'm, I'm fascinated, though. What, what books are you reading as you come out? <laughs> oh, well, um, one, of the, one of the books I was reading at State Long Course last year is called The Tipping Point. And it was just about, like, how little things can set trends and, like, that sort of stuff, like the domino effect. So not your typical book but so i'm like more into like the um non-fictional stuff so mm. so no that's no harry potter or lord of the rings in yours no game of thrones no that's not in my <laughs> not in my interest no that's just not me <laughs> no i like what you just said then though it's it sort of reminds me of one of my favorite quotes which is how you do anything is how you do everything so quite often people think, you know, oh, I slept in once, that's okay, you know, I don't do it very often, but things like that can quickly become a habit, can't they? So, you know, keeping a mindful of that is, is important. Yeah. So it's probably a good thing to be to be reading, mate. Now, obviously, we know the 1500 is one of your favourite events to race in the pool. What are some of your others? Uh, well, I'm actually, I'm actually starting to focus a lot on open water now as well. So sort of going into like the, um, as I age up, I'm focusing on the 10K. Mm -hmm. And so I've just finished my last year racing the 7.5K uh, if FINA doesn't change the age groups for next year. So I'll be focusing on the 10K next year. And so the 1500 is also my big focus in the pool. So And of course that couples with the 800. And also sort of like a side event, I like, I like racing the 400 IM as well as it sort of brings that it's sort of considered a distance race i'd say oh mate yeah 100 percent. it's one of the toughest races uh out there that's for sure i did note in my research that you've been doing pretty well in the 400 ims as well what do you enjoy most about that um i just love like 
turning from that breaststroke and feeling that burn in the legs, knowing in, in that 100 freestyle, like the, it's just a sharp pain. And I sort of, I don't know why, I just like that pain and love racing it on that back end and seeing how fast I can bring it home. Crazy bastard. Listen to you. I love that pain. Uh, there's a lot of sprinters out there thinking there's something very wrong with you right now, but I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it. Um, but there's a lot of sprinters out there right now going, F that, no chance. But um, yeah, it's, it's certainly the 400 IM is a war of attrition, isn't it? And as you said, it's um, yeah. it's a battle of the fittest in that last 100 for sure. Let's talk about last year's, or sorry, this year's National Age Championships up on the Gold Coast. Um, you came away with five medals in total, two golds, obviously, for the 15 and the 800. Um, it was a pretty long build-up if we cast our minds back because, obviously, we missed yeah. 2020 due to COVID. Um, so how you know keen were you to get amongst it, get up there and race, given, as you said, you you know changed programs, you've really switched it up, you've really tried to change directions. I don't want to say you're taking your swimming more seriously because I, I, you know, I don't want to downgrade what you were doing before, but definitely there's been a mind shift for you at this point in 2020 to go, no, I want to be one of the best swimmers that I can be. And, and this is the direction. So how keen were you to go to nationals up on the Gold Coast and, and see what you had uh, achieved in that switch? Yeah, I was, I was super keen. Like some of the training that I've been doing was like really good and I was starting to hit some really good paces and strides right before nationals and especially having that open water meet knowing I had that fitness behind me the month before was really good and good confidence going into national age and that was yeah I was just super keen just to get racing on that national stage again with everyone else so yeah that was something I was really looking forward to for that whole whole two-year process mm, yeah it was a it was a long one wasn't it i mean we kind of forget about yeah. it now because it's 2021 and we've got our own problems happening right now so it's kind of like 2020 yeah i don't remember that but it, it certainly you know <laughs> yeah. we missed it and there was a lot of racing that got missed and a lot of disappointment in terms of you guys as age group athletes I, i'm interested in terms of your mindset because we, we just talked about before, you know, one of the big things you've been trying to work on is shifting. No doubt you're obviously, and I haven't seen you train, but I can only gauge from this conversation that you're a gun in training and you push yourself to your limits, but you were quite you know struggling at a certain time in your career, you know, trying to convert that to then being a gun in terms of your racing and really dominating in that part. Nationals here, we see a shift in that. Was that a focus for you and your coaches going in that, you know, we really, this is, going to put it to the test, everything you'd been working on sort of more, you know, psychology-wise? I sort of think they um, they sort of tried to take that pressure off me, knowing that at Long Course State, say, that was sort of the first big meet that I had with my new club and new coaches and knowing that, that I've got to, like, sort of bring that pressure back and I race better without, like, being more relaxed. And it's, it felt like some of those long distance races were some of the most relaxed races I've ever been in. Like going into the race, like I wasn't in 2019, I was so, so nervous for all my distance and all my races. And that showed as I didn't really PB that meet. But after that in 2021 and 20, yeah, this year, it really being relaxed really helped me in the marshalling area and helped me just control all my races going out, which then in turn helped me in the back end. Yeah, and that's very, something I've been working on and training that back end. So that really came up. Yeah, nice. Big program and nationals for you, mate, with, you know, obviously individual heats and finals and 
relays. How'd you go in terms of your recovery? Um, you know, and being up for every effort, we obviously know you're sort of taking the pressure off mindset wise, but how do you go with your recovery, with your eating, with your, you know, getting a physio, maybe getting a massage at some point or whatever it might be for a lot of youngsters out there when they first go to a nationals, if they've got a big program can be quite daunting because there's a lot of, there's a lot of racing, you know, you got to get up for your heats and then, you know, you make a final, then you got to get up for the final and then holy shit, now I've got to be up for the boys in the relay as well. There's a lot of stuff going on. How did you find it? Well, as I was like talking about before, sort of that that motivation you're training in your in your like aerobic sets like sets that confidence that you know that you can get up and swim for seven days in a row because you've done it in training before. Like you've done your main sets longer than all your all your races, knowing that you're confident that you can actually do everything you can to the best of your ability, and like just. Yeah, knowing that I was confident that I'd done a lot of training coming into this really helped me just, like, get up for every race that I wanted to do. Well, we know, as I said, gold medal mate in the 1500. I'm always interested in people's race plans and, and what they think about going into it. We know everything these days is very much about your process, not focusing on the outcome. What is your ideal sort of 1500 race plan? So the ideal 1500 for me, I'd say, is probably building each 500, taking it by, by 500s and just trying to like build each one, get each one faster. So sort of descending each one and sort of trying to even to make split each race, mm. which is when I feel like that I do my best races when they're even splitted or even make splitted. Yeah. Yeah. Are you focusing just on yourself at this stage or are you using the swimmers around you? To, to help, you know, gauge where you're at or how you're holding pace and all that sort of stuff? Um, no, so I sort of – I try to focus on myself because that really helps me just, like, focus on my technique and get that right. But also at Nationals, I was, I was next to both my teammates. And so having them next to me also, you know, just relaxed me knowing that I'd train next to these guys. Mm. Let's just – it's just like training. Let's hit it out with these guys. So that was really good being yeah. alongside them. Yeah, well, another added bonus, obviously, of that switch that you made, as you said, you know, these are now your training partners and things got a lot more comfortable for you. Talking of training partners, yeah. mate, bronze with the lads in the 4 by 2 relay. As much as we enjoy individual success and swimming can be quite individual itself at times, how much did you enjoy being a part of the relay and how much do you, obviously, given state teams and all this sort of stuff, do we enjoy being a part of the teams? Well, I mean, I love being part of relays, even though I don't get to race as much of them as I'm a distance swimmer. So coming down for the four by two was really good. And especially that night, the fellas really helped me get up and race as I had the 800 free in the 400 IM right before that four by two. So getting up with them, knowing that you're racing for a team is really, really different to an individual race because you're racing for three other guys. And so, yeah, that really helped me get up and race. And it's, it's a lot of fun racing for a team yeah well i'm interested from a, a you know a listener's perspective because obviously there are listeners hearing just what you had before that relay thinking god damn that's a lot of racing how did he get up for that what was obviously you don't need motivation to, to put in a big effort for the boys but where do you go mentally when you know you've got a lot of efforts like that back to back is it a, a matter of looking back on your training thinking well i've i've kind of prepared for this because i have worked really hard for these sort of situations 
Yeah, so it's sort of going back through sessions that you've done, like, and you put them in the bank is, so, like, we've done a lot of sessions, I've done a lot of sessions that replicate that sort of program, like doing an 800 into a 400 into a 200, and knowing that we, we do a lot of finishes and knowing that you can finish with that speed is really, really good. And then just, yeah, just having having that team environment behind you really helps you just get up, get up and go no matter how much you're hurting. Well, we've mentioned the the team a fair bit, mate, and St. Peter's Western, uh, obviously, and we'll get to your coaches, Dean and, and Maxie, in a moment. But firstly, the, the club itself, you've made the shift. You've seen the difference now from where you were to, to where you've been. And I don't want to by any means say, you know, Carlisle or where you were before isn't very good because, you know, great club um, and, and great programming and all that sort of stuff. So for all the listeners out there, yeah. I'm not saying one's good and one's bad. But obviously, clearly, St. Peter's Western is as i said the best swim club in the world talk to me about that club culture um you know that's definitely one as a, as a coach you know i've admired from afar for quite a while i've had a lot of you guys from st peter's on the podcast which i'm assuming people are starting to realize that's not because i have a big thing for st peter's western that's just truly where a lot of the best yeah. swimmers uh, are at the moment um clearly you know that club culture is paying off tremendous results great history within the club what do you think and you've been there now for you know a year and a bit what do you think the club does so well within its training environment within its competitive racing environment that sees that success continue well i think it's just like that um hard work and the characteristics of all the people that are in the squad so they're all hard working determined and they all have similar goals and and aspire to do similar things and then that really helps people drive each other to achieve those things and yeah just we like the, the hard working characteristics of the squad is really what i think really helps us get through the line Mate, you obviously, um, you know, I think you guys get separated a little bit from the seniors of the squad, but are there any, you know, swimmers within your squad uh, that you look up to that you get to see train or train with that really sort of motivate you? I guess you guys are in a unique situation where a lot of your idols are actually in your squad and within your team. Yeah, so that was that was actually something that startled me when I first came. It was just like, oh, my God, there's... They're, they're all my idols that I'm literally in lane with. And it was like, you see these guys on TV at the Olympics and now you're actually training alongside these guys. And so that really inspired me to, you know, get up and try and try and give them a push and see if I can help them get where they need to go while they're helping me get where I need to go and see Ed. So Mate. people were like, yep. How are you going? No, no, you go. Go. You're about to give us the gold, mate. Who are these people that you that you're trying to test yourself against? Oh, so especially like in the distance sets, like going up against Arnie or Elijah. You know, going up against those guys who put on a show at on the world stage is like it's fun to see and test yourself how how far you can push them and if you can stick with them, if you can even beat them at times. So that's really fun getting to do that. And even in the medley, like I was training with Mitch or a few of the other guys as well, it's, it's really good to get up and race those guys and test yourself against the best in the world. 
Well, absolutely. I can only imagine, mate, as a young fella yourself, love and swimming, you'd be throffing at the mouth, but getting to be a part of that, I can only imagine. Now, talk to me about your coaches, Dean, Maxie. Look, terrific coaches. There's no doubt, again, from the outside looking in, haven't been on pool deck with them, but, you know, getting to see them from afar, you can see the passion, you can see how much they enjoy what they do and how much they care about their athletes. How much have they helped you within the time you've been there take your swimming to the next level? Oh, yeah, they've definitely helped me a lot, especially, like, you know, facilitating my drive and hard work and desires. Like, I've never had, like, that opportunity at the end of sessions to go that extra 2K, extra 3K at the end just to push myself through that distance distance mind. And, like, the passion that they show to everyone in the squad is, um, yeah, it's just unreal. Yeah, the squad's getting pretty big these days, that's for sure. So definitely yeah. uh, they have a lot of time on their hands to make sure they're getting around to everyone. But that's probably one thing that comes through from from all of you younger swimmers that I get to talk to and have a chat with is that no one ever feels like they're probably, you know, missing out. It's not like it's the uh, Ariane yeah. Titmus show. You know, everyone's getting their, their you know, fair share of um, ears lent to them to have those conversations, to, to have those motivational chats, which I'm sure you've had. Um, yeah. What are some of your favourite sessions that you, you've got through the week? Hit us with some. Favourite sessions? Well, I mean, it, d- it depends how I'm feeling on the day. <laughs> like, if, it, if I'm feeling good, some aerobic sessions feel really good. Um, and, you know, like, I've quite enjoyed doing rounds of the 150-50 set. Like, they feel really good on good days. And even on some days, like, when I was preparing for open water racing, like, I was doing – two five thousands just on 60 minutes to send one to two to max and yeah. i don't know how but like when you get yourself in the right headspace they're really enjoyable sessions and you just get to test yourself against the clock and see what you can do mm. what about the toughest set you've done those, is yeah, there long, a long, longer sessions. is there a set that that stands out to you that when you're finished you're exhausted and you look back, you're like, I don't know how I got through that, but uh, but I made it and I feel better for it now. But during it, I thought, <laughs> bloody hell. Yeah, there's probably two that I can't choose between. Um, they're both open water medley crossovers. And so, yeah, one of them was like a, a 1K, 2K, 3K, 4K, 4K swim session. And it was just 1K freestyle, like A3 into 2K medley at threshold. Uh, 3k freestyle a3 and into a 4k medley max and yeah that really especially that 4k medley after finishing the 2k knowing well you've only done half what you need to do and you need to do it fast the next time yeah that that was really tough getting up out of that well it takes me back to my question that i asked you a while ago mate where do you go mentally in that set when you when you you look at me like bloody i'm not even halfway yet where do you go mentally? Because you've still got to perform. Well, like knowing that you want to push yourself to your limit and you want to see, I want to see how far I can go, how fast I can go, like what my body can do is definitely one of the big things that helps me push through. And even knowing that like your competitors are training hard, can you train harder than them? How are you going to like getting to your goals? You want to push as hard as you can to achieve those goals and more. And so sort of that really pushes me to keep on going. Mate, well said. You seem like you're a very mentally tough kid, that's for sure. Um, you mentioned now you're at school, obviously. Talk to me about balancing school 
and swimming. It's probably one of the main things, especially at your age coming through. I know myself as a coach, I've got a few athletes at the moment uh, with HSC, which given that we can't actually train at the moment, probably help them this year. But, you know, that's always a thing that we're yeah. balancing. How do you find the balance between school and swimming? Because obviously we don't want to just give up on school. We still want to do pretty well, but we also want to be the best yeah. we can in the pool. Yeah. So I think really just utilising my class time has like gotten really well, better, like better over the past few years. So just maximising my class time, making sure I've got as little homework to do as possible when I get home. And then also using my lunch times and, and breaks to do homework as well in the library, like eating lunch and then going, spending that time in the library doing that so that when I get home, I don't have to worry about it. And also, so it's a bit of chill time as well to yourself in the library, you know, just relaxing, getting ready for that afternoon session. And you're also being productive, getting some stuff done that you don't need to do in the afternoon that you can spend recovering and preparing for the next day. Mm. Mate, you're a smart cookie. It's one of the first times I've ever heard anybody say the exact same thing that I used to do when I was at school. Kids say to me now, well, how did you not have homework? I said, well, I used to do it at school. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, yeah. well, in the middle of the class, once I'd finished what I had to do, I was like, shit, okay, what do they want me to do tonight? I'm going to do that now. So that way, when I got home, I didn't have to worry about it. I thought it was genius. And clearly you do too. It is genius. <laughs> Mate, we're just a step ahead. Up from you, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're just a step ahead, that's all. <laughs> now, as you know, mate, we like to finish these chats with a little bit less serious questions just to see you know, what you get up to when you're away from school and you're away from the pool. So just throw them back at me, whatever first comes to your head. What's your favourite music? What do you like to listen to? Rap music is good. Yeah, well, okay. We'll talk. So um, obviously, we've got favorite, Ka probably. Kanye's come out just recently. Drake's come out. Do you have a favorite of those new albums? Um, out of those new albums, I'd probably say I like Kanye's album better. That's probably controversial, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Kanye's album over over that. But probably I listen to a lot of like Lil TJ, Lil Tecca, those sort of artists and stuff like that. Okay. I like it, mate. Obviously, what about you said you like um, probably Kanye over Drake. What about that that song? Or it's not really a song; it's a chant. Donda about fifty-seven times. Who came up with that? What a crazy idea! Oh, I've heard that it's it's about his um his grandmother's heartbeat when she was in the hospital. So uh, I think he's done that in memory of her. I mean, that's cute yeah. and all, but I mean, I don't really want to wrong. listen to it 57 times, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's got yeah. a nice backstory to it. It was a bit weird when I clicked on the album and played it first. Yeah, yeah. did you think like me something had gone wrong? I thought something had happened. I thought my Wi-Fi was messing up. Yeah, I, I, it, was a bit, it was a bit weird <laughs> listening to it at first and then skipping through the song and realising that's, that's the song. But then, yeah, reading through the backstory of it was what brought it back to earth and knowing, okay, there's a purpose behind it. He yeah. hasn't just thrown it in there. Hey, look, number one all around the world. Who am I to judge? He's clearly a smarter man than I. Uh, what about some of your favourite movies to watch, mate? Favourite movies? I'd probably say um, Real Steel. Real Steel is a, one that I'll always go back to. That's a real good movie for me. Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. those sort of robot movies and then also the classics like rocky and creed i'll always go back to those before big meets and watch over those 
It's funny with the Rocky movies and obviously Creed and Creed 2, it's all essentially the same movie, just in the same storyline. They've just changed the characters, but it always seems to still work. Like, I, I, similar to you, I love them, yeah. especially Creed. I really enjoyed Creed. Yeah, Creed was a really good one. That was mm. something I've watched probably over 10 times. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a good pump-up movie, that's for sure. <laughs> what about uh, favourite meal, mate? What do you like to eat? Obviously, you're a swimmer, you love your feeds. What's your favourite? Um, favorite meal would probably be definitely spaghetti and meatballs. Ooh, definitely good. spaghetti and meatballs, especially. Good spag bowl. Definitely uh, energizes you, that's for sure. What about, and this is topical at the moment because there's a lot of different stuff coming out on Netflix with um, Squid Game, is it, or whatever it's called? TV shows to yeah. binge watch. I don't know. I don't really binge a lot of TV, but I. When it don't, when it will come out, I'll be definitely binge watching out of out of banks season three, especially when that comes out. So out of banks is something that I'll watch. But apart from that, didn't really I don't really binge watch a lot of TV. I don't know. Well, mate, you're too sort busy in the water doing like your ten TV. kilometer sessions. That's that's why you've not got a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> no, no, I sort of try to stay away, get get ready for bed. Yeah, yeah, reading yeah, your books. Some live TV like. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what about favourite quotes? Do you have any quotes? Obviously, yeah. uh, Dean looks like a man who would have a few quotes. Um, no doubt, you know, other camps you've been on, even yourself. Do you have any quotes that you sort of uh, live by? Yeah, I've got quite a few just hanging around my room. Like I've got I've got the Phelps quote that if, if you want to be the best, you've got to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. And then other stuff like from David Goggins, his quote where he says, I don't stop when I'm tired, stop when I'm done. So stuff like like those sorts of quotes from those people from my idols that I've just I've put up around my room just to remind me every day. No, great, mate. I, you know, similar to you, I enjoy quotes, but um, I always try and remind people that quotes only work, you know, if you do. There's no point in um, sitting around, not going out to pursue what you want to do and just go, I really like that quote. Do you do it? No, I don't really do it, but I like it. It sounds really good. So, uh, mate, you look like someone who's obviously out there uh, and driving towards your goals, which is awesome to see. Now, the final question, which I always finish especially with your younger swimmers with and you would know this so hopefully you're ready for it when we redo this interview in say three four five years time whenever uh what accomplishments would you like me to be adding mate into that intro or already a pretty good intro you killed it at the national age you're on state teams junior australian teams uh what would you like me to add to that intro about you hopefully in i'd, I'd like to add an Olympic team, an Olympic medal, maybe Olympic gold medal. Hopefully that would be, especially in the open water. I think it's something that I want to aspire to do in the future. So in that 10 K at the Olympics, that'll be something that I'm going to be gunning for and driving for, for the next three, seven years, yeah. three, seven, 11 years, or how, however long the sport takes me. Hey, very nice. I love to hear it. I always love when, um, you know, you young guys sort of put it out there because everyone's always hesitant, aren't they? They're like, oh, should I say what I really like? Because I don't want to, you know, this to be replayed in five years' time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting on the lounge with a pack of potato chips looking back going, oh, that didn't really work <laughs> out, did it? But I always love when you guys sort of throw it out there on the line. Clearly, you can see you're driven, mate. So I don't think, um, 
you know, they're unrealistic dreams or goals. I think they're definitely things that, you know, you're going to be pushing towards. You just mentioned something that's just reminded me of a question that I didn't put down, but 2032 Brisbane Olympics, how excited were you when you heard that uh, that was on the horizon? Oh, yeah, that, that was really exciting knowing, you know, you're going to get a home Olympics. You know, you could could have the chance to race with a home crowd, you know. So that, that was really exciting to finally know that it was going to be here in Brisbane in 2032. And hopefully I'm still, I'm still in this sport and still, you know, gunning to try and make that Olympic team for that year. Mate, you're only a young fella. Uh, and as I said, 10 or 11 years' time, you'd be in your prime, mate, so you'd be ready to rumble for then for sure. And uh, open water swimming. What about, did you see, and I'm getting sidetracked here, but did you see in the 10K in Tokyo that people were getting hit by flying fish? Did you see that? <laughs> I did see that. That was crazy, yeah. I heard about the conditions, and it was, it was apparently really tough conditions. So, yeah, it was, it was a crazy swim and crazy race to watch. Yeah, really hot. I'm talking to Kai Edwards in a few days, actually. So I'll speak to him about obviously his his um, you know performance over there and his experience. But I had Karina Lee on um, not long after yeah. Tokyo, and yeah, she was saying that uh, yeah, nothing can quite com- you know prepare you for a, a fish coming up and slapping you in the face in the <laughs> middle of a 10k open water. So I mean, she didn't do bad, bronze medal. So I mean, she she you know, she managed to overcome those flying fish, but. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for that sort of stuff, mate? Are you ready for flying aquatic animals? <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to train for that, but I hopefully we'll be ready for that. Don't worry. Dean will have something ready. He'll start throwing some flying fish at you or something. He'll get you prepared <laughs> for sure. Now, uh, mate, that's the, that's all we've got time for. So thank you very much for coming on um, for a chat, mate. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, I respect, a lot of respect to you Thanks for making the me. shift and making the change and heading up there and pursuing your dreams, pursuing your goals. And as I said, probably people think I'm on the payroll for St. Peter's Western at the moment with the amount of swimmers I've had on from the club, but just a genuine <laughs> fan of, of swimming and the sport and what you guys in that club are, are continuing to do. I think it's obviously you've proven in this conversation a successful environment to be around everyone's driving each other to be better um, and it sounds like an absolutely perfect environment for someone like you who's got massive dreams and goals in mind uh, and cannot wait to sit back and watch you be a part of it mate and hopefully get you on for a few more chats in the future as you continue to tick off a few of those boxes uh, until we chat again though mate thank you very much for coming on the podcast thanks for having me on no worries champion Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. If you're loving the podcast at the moment, then why not be a part of the show and join the OTB crew by purchasing our merchandise, the OTB crew original t-shirt. It's as easy as clicking the link tree in the bio, which will then take you directly to our website to purchase your own piece of the podcast. We deliver all over the world, so no matter where you are, you can still be a part of the crew. We have tank tops, socks, hoodies still to come, but why wait? Jump on Instagram page right now. Follow the link tree to our website to purchase your own OTB crew merch today. And speaking of the OTB crew, don't forget to check out our other weekly podcast, the OTB crew podcast, 
where I'm joined each week by Lani Pallister, Lachlan Carter, and Josh Edward-Smith. We talk a whole lot of swimming. The crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming, as well as special guest Olympians joining the show for some fun. We also talk music, movies, other sports, and generally just have a good laugh. If you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcast for all the fun. I just wanna be-